أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعباد الرحمن الذين يمشون على الأرض هونا وإذا خاطبهم الجاهلون قالوا سلاما والذين يبيتون لربهم سجدا وقياما صدق الله العظيم Continuing with the discussion of the qualities of the servants of Rahman, the salient qualities, the first that we discussed was that they are true slaves and servants of Allah Ta'ala. The servitude is their distinction. And the greater servants and slaves that they become, the closer they become to Allah Ta'ala. And then the servitude is what shows itself in their humility that they are totally humble in front of Allah Ta'ala and humble with the servants of Allah Ta'ala also so alladheena yamshuna ala al-ardi hawna and wa idha khatabahumul jahiluna qalu salama the effect of this humility is that they don't get into unnecessary disputes and quarrels and arguments and fights and all these kind of things they very very uh, in a very diplomatic way, very nicely, they work themselves out of all these things and keep themselves safe from all these unnecessary issues. As we discussed yesterday, that this is something that is a quality of those who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with this humility. And they keep their lives very peaceful in this way. Being human, for that moment, a person getting affected is only natural. For that moment, a person sometimes becoming upset, becoming maybe even a little emotional too is not unlikely. All these are part of human emotions. But it is how a person engages his mind, how he engages his heart, what he focuses towards. And in that way, it becomes very easy to handle the situation. It becomes very easy to make life peaceful for himself. Otherwise, if a person focuses wrongly, for example, something has happened and now a person becomes vengeful. He wants to get revenge for himself. So that revenge may never come. But in that quest for revenge, he makes his life a misery. Because he is forever now consumed by this, that when I'll get my opportunity. And he starts plotting and planning, sometimes something might happen. And in many cases, nothing might ever come right for him in trying to get his revenge. But in the process, what he did, in the process, he made his own life a misery. The person who he was trying to inflict harm upon doesn't even know what's going on with him. So he is suffering, that person, nothing is happening to him. Likewise, a person harbors jealousy, he is destroying himself, burning himself from within. The person who is jealous over is carrying on with life. He doesn't even know what's going on. Nothing is happening to him. So who is suffering? The person who is harboring these kind of issues, he's suffering. Nobody else. So likewise, the person who focuses negatively in these kind of things, issues, quarrels, disputes, then he goes deeper into it. And as a result, he himself gets trapped into this cycle. 
and a person who focuses positively, the matter gets dismissed very easily. <coughs> the famous incident of Hazrat Imam Abu Hanifa, rahmatullahi person came and slapped him in the midst of a gathering. Can we imagine personality of that caliber, that rank, that position, in the midst of his students, people who hold him in such high respect, and somebody comes and slaps him. So Imam Sahib addresses him very calmly and says to him that if I wish to take revenge from you and hit you in the manner that you hit me, I am entitled to this. This is a right, an eye for an eye. So you hit me, you gave me a slap, I am entitled to slap you, but I won't do this. Now this is the mind being applied positively. Say, I won't do it. If I want, I can ask my friends to take revenge on my behalf to the extent that you harmed me, I'll be entitled to this. Because you harmed me, so I can take revenge accordingly in equal measure via my friends. I would be entitled to it, but I won't do that also. If I want, I can take this complaint to the Qazi and ask him to exact revenge from you or punish you for this. This too will be something I'm entitled to, but I won't do this also. And if I want, I can invoke a curse upon you because you hurt me in this way. So I'm entitled to do this. This won't be something that I will be invoking a curse which I'm not, a curse which doesn't, is not entitled to be done. I'm entitled to this, but I won't do this also. See, if I want, I can leave it for the day of Qiyamat. On that day, when there will be no rands and cents and pounds and dollars and other things, on that day, the compensation will be with amal, with good deeds. So I can leave it for the day of Qiyamat, and in return for what you have done to me, I will get paid out with your good deeds. See, I can leave it for that day, but I won't leave it for that day also. Instead, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala give me Jannat, and Allah Ta'ala give me the opportunity to intercede on anybody's behalf, I will intercede on your behalf and take you to Jannat. Now, can there any dispute continue? Can that person's heart not melt? But this requires a person of a heart himself, that in such a situation, can we imagine in the midst of a gathering, somebody coming and slapping one, what becomes our condition if somebody forgets slaps one, even threatens to slap us? In the midst of a gathering, only comes and just says, I will slap you. So already we might be rolling our sleeves to make sure that we do it first. But here, this is the, now, matter is dismissed right there. Not that he didn't get hurt. Obviously, he was slapped, he got hurt. And in this kind of a situation, a person gets hurt physically, will get hurt more, the ego will get hurt more than the physical self. But somebody whose ego is crushed, that nafs has been annihilated. So now it was just physical pain only. There wasn't any pain inside. The pain was only on the surface. And in our case, the pain on the surface will be 5% and 95% inside the surface. Like the example we discussed yesterday, when children get into little, little disputes and quarrels which they forget after one minute, two minutes they forgot about it. Five minutes later, it's like nothing ever happened. But the parents start acting like children. 
because that child was hit on the surface, it hit the parent's ego. So now as a result, this becomes an ongoing issue. So those who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with this reality of tawazu, they react differently, they think differently, their hearts are conditioned differently. And as a result, for that moment, that little while, they are human, they will also be obviously affected by this, but then life becomes very easy, very peaceful. Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib in particular, there are so many incidents about him, where he lived this. All of Akabir, they lived this. Hazrat Mufti Taqi Sahib, he writes about Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib, he says, I cannot remember the innumerable incidents, innumerable incidents, where he let go of his right, he let go of his valuables, whatever it was, just to avoid a problem just to avoid an argument, avoid a dispute, and just to get over it. Doesn't matter, let it go. Not that this is something compulsory that a person has to forego a monetary right, for example, that a person has to forego some property or whatever. If it is his, he is entitled. One is hudud shariat The hudud and the limit of shariat is that if somebody has transgressed his right, he is entitled to claim it within the boundaries of deen, in accordance to the correct procedures, he's entitled, that is what the whole system of qaza accommodates, that he will go to the qazi, he'll place his claim that will be investigated, the procedure will be followed, and accordingly his claim is correct and valid, then this claim will be given to him, and he will be assisted with the force of the law to acquire that claim. So he's entitled to do that. So this is the hudud of shariat. But there is a mizaj of shariat also. One is the hudud, one is the limit, but then there is a temperament that shariat teaches also. That is the had, that is the limit of shariat. That a person has been oppressed and he takes equal revenge. Then there is no blame against him. That is the limit, that is the boundary of shariat that he's entitled. But the mizaj of shariat and the temperament that shariat teaches is another thing. That's something apart from this. فَمَنْ afa wa aslaha فَأَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ That the one who forgives and he reconciles, his reward is with Allah Ta'ala. وَلَمَنْ sabara wa ghafara إِنَّ ذَلِكَ لَمِنْ azmil umur. The person who can adopt sabr and overlook and forgive, the Quran says, this is something of courage. So if a person has courage, then Allah Ta'ala is praising his courage. And Allah Ta'ala is rewarding his courage. Allah Ta'ala is rewarding his sabr. So one is the limit. Shariat has been very clear about the limit. Then there is no, nothing can be blamed on that person. He is entitled. He's has done something within his limits within his rights. So in any case, Hazrat Mufti Shafi sahab, one incident of his, Hazrat Mufti Taqi sahab explains that once while he was in Deoban, living in Deoban, he was an ustad in the madrasa at that time. So he had bought a small piece of land to build a house for his family. So in any case, he bought the land, everything was done, the deal was secured, finally the papers were given to him. Now he started 
the construction, so the foundations, etc., were being dug. As his work started, some neighbor came along and he said that this portion of the land, one piece of that land, he says, this belongs to me because my house drainage is running through this. That's his proof. These things used to happen now. There's a vacant piece of land. For years it's vacant. So people start just doing what they want. So this person built his house and the easy way to get the drainage was out of this land. So he ran his drainage through there. Oh, it might have happened long before he was in there too. Somebody had done it before that. So now this was his claim that this one portion of this land belongs to me. Why it belongs to me? Because my drainage runs through this. Now the municipal documents, the title deeds, whatever else, everything is clearly demarcating what the boundaries of this land are and that includes this portion also which the neighbor is claiming. Mufti Shafi tried to explain but this person says no it's mine. He says very good it's yours. You, this is now yours. And he risked, now as it is it was not a big piece of land so the house too was not something very big that was going to be built there. He restricted the size of the house and he built the house smaller than what he had initially planned. He had a family to accommodate, but he restricted the size of that house. Can you imagine? And he said, well, now this is yours. Keep it. The house was built. They started living in there. Some time later, that same neighbor comes and he says, if you want, I'm ready to sell you this piece of land. That same piece which was part of the original land. He said, if you want, I'm ready to sell it to you. He said, okay, very well. They worked, negotiated the price. He paid for it. Paid for what was his. He paid for it and then extended the house on that piece of land as well. Now, this was his right. He could have taken it up. And if he took it up, he's well within his rights. So nobody can lay any, point any finger at him for that. And if a person sometimes the advice given to him, maybe that also, that under your circumstances you have nothing else for your family, whatever the case is, and somebody is now forcefully or wrongfully taking away something, then you pursue the claim in a right way, in a dignified way. Sometimes, in some situations, somebody might even be given that mashwara. That is not the rule, but sometimes that might even be the mashwara somebody is given, depending on the circumstances. But the mizaj and the temperament that Shariat is teaching is something very different that as far as possible a person stays out of these things and even if he has to forego some right obviously it's not compulsory on him to forego the right but if he has the heart to do that then wala man sabara wa ghafara inna dhalika lamin azmil umur faman afa wa aslaha fa ajruhu ala Allah then his reward is with Allah Ta'ala this is the encouragement that shariat is giving that if you have the courage do this otherwise you're entitled to that and if you look in the lives of our Kabir, they lived this. This is the rule by which they lived. And whenever it was, even if they had to make it their fault, somebody else's fault, they had to make it their fault, they were happy for it. Doesn't matter. Hazrat Mawla Ilyas Khandali rahmatullahi once one person invited him. So that person sent the invitation via one Khadim of his. He was also a senior person. So via the Khadim, he sent the invitation that tomorrow at certain time come for meals, as I accepted, 
So that Khadim came in by mistake, he said nine o'clock. Whereas he was told to come and give the invitation for eight o'clock. But now this is what he came and said, nine o'clock. So any case, on the time, just as it was nine o'clock, he reached the house. Together with, he, with him was Hazrat Mawlana Manzur Nomani Sahab. He was also invited, and that invitation came to him via Hazrat Mawlana because he was there at his place. So both of them came, arrived at the same time. So now, when they arrived, the host was upset. He knows that this invitation is at 8 o'clock. But now he doesn't know that this Khadim came and gave the wrong message. So as soon as they arrived, now he was waiting from 8 o'clock, so he was quite upset. So immediately he said, is this the time to come? One hour late? Is this what we teach people? And now he reprimanded them. So the Mu'ayyas is quiet, he's silent, he's not saying anything. And he is, so to say, accepting this reprimand. And then eventually, nevertheless, they had that breakfast, whatever it was, and they left. Now imagine a person is invited somewhere, and this is the welcome he gets. Now if it was us, let alone not now accepting that invitation, taking a U-turn and going from there, but we will leave him with some food for thought also. <laughs> I'm not eating your food, and there's some food for thought for you also. But the man didn't say anything, and he kept quiet. And in any case, finally, after eating, they left from there. Now, as they departed and they are on their way back, his aware of what happened. He was aware that the invitation that they were given the message was for nine o'clock. So they were on time according to what was. But now he realized that this was a mix up, that Khadim, his mistake. So he asked his that at least you could have made it known that this is not our fault, it's the fault of the Khadim. His mistake or his misunderstanding or whatever. So now he is raining down upon us. This is somebody else's fault. At least you should have made this known. So the Mawana's reply was, now he had a focus in front of him. He had a mission. And that mission was for Allah Ta'ala. It wasn't for himself. His mission was that how he can connect everybody to Allah Ta'ala. So this work of Dawat and Tabliq that he was now immersed in was for this purpose. So his reply to Manzur Nomani Sahib was, Tabligh mein wohi chal sakta hai, jo dusro ki ghalti ko apni ghalti maan le. Tabligh mein wohi chal sakta hai, jo dusro ki ghalti ko apni ghalti maan le. Only that person can survive and continue in the line of Tabligh Tabligh in any form, for that matter, in the work of Dawat and Tabligh, or whichever line of Tabligh this may be, but he's giving a principle that a person who has made his mission to serve the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala and connect the creation with the creator. So now he's going to have to tolerate a lot of things. And he says only that person can continue who is ready to make other people's mistake his mistake to accept somebody else's fault as his fault. Then he'll carry on. And if he's not ready for this, he doesn't have the heart to digest this. He wants everything the way it must be. If somebody has done something, then that person must bear the brunt of it. 
Why must I bear the brunt of somebody else's mistake? Then he won't continue for long. Because all the time there'll be issues. All the time there'll be something or the other. And today he'll be now arguing with this person, tomorrow with that person, the next day with somebody else. And eventually he'll say, I had enough now. Because especially in the line of Dawat and Tabligh, all the time there's going to be new people he's going to be interacting with. All the time there are going to be people with all kinds of temperaments, somebody with a different background, whatever else. So these things will keep coming. So this was the lesson that he gave, that if you want to continue, make other people's fault your fault and carry on. Yes, there's a lot that you'll have to digest. And you'll have to have a big heart. You'll have to have, in a different way of expression, a very, very big stomach. Not physically, but this stomach that digests all these emotions. The stomach that can really stomach it. And say, I can't stomach it anymore. That is because that stomach, that emotional stomach is not big enough. That stomach should be very big. So this is the message that is being given to us in this ayat of the Quran Sharif to that a person who is a true servant of Allah Ta'ala, he's part of the Ibadur Rahman, then he very nicely keeps himself out of these things. And let alone keep himself out of these things, he is forever concerned of how to keep the peace let alone trying to get his right at any cost and in the process disrupt the peace. If the peace got disrupted somehow, his concern is and his effort is of how to restore the peace. Because he's guided by the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi On one occasion, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to the sahaba, Ala ukhbirukum bi afdala min darajati salati was siyami was sadaqa I tell you something greater in rank. Greater in rank than all the nafil salah somebody can perform. All the nafil salah. Can we imagine? Somebody makes the hajjud the whole night for 50 years. Can we imagine what is that? Somebody makes ishraq every day of his life, chashd every day of his life, awabil every day of his life, performing hundreds of rakats of nafil. Hundreds of rakats of nafil, this might sound like something, is it even possible? But there were many pious people in the past, Allah knows best how many might be even currently in the, in existing doing this kind of thing, that the regular practice was somebody hundred rakats of nafil every night. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahmatullahi, either hundred or two hundred rakats of nafil every night. This was the zok and the, some had this, that they would perform many rakats, some would stand the whole night in two rakats, two rakats, the whole night will come out. One khatam of the Quran Sharif in two rakats. This was different tastes people had. So in any case, somebody can perform so many rakats, can we do that? We can't do that. Nabi Islam is saying, something greater than this. And somebody fasts every day, the whole year. Ramadan is obvious, the whole year besides the days is impermissible, he's fasting, nafil fasts. How many of us can do such a thing? The few days that come in the year for some special virtue of fasting, that too becomes a test for us, especially if it's in a summer month, that is nafil now. Or indeed it's nafil, it's not farza wajib. But that one day also becomes a challenge for many. Imagine a person fasting every day. Nabi Salaam is saying, can I tell you something better than that? Can we imagine the reward? 
and the charity that a person can spend all the charity that somebody can spend somebody can spend thousand somebody hundred thousand somebody one million and somebody one billion also how many people in the world have that capacity even own that amount of money to spend in charity if somebody had it and he could do it how many would be able to do it we can't Nabi Islam will be saying something better than that and something better than all these three things combined better than having performed all the nafil salah all the nafil fast and all the sadaqah that a person can give this is a mind boggling thing one is to just go through the translation of this hadith but to really ponder on the depth of this what is being said so Nabi Islam is asking the sahaba those who were eager for every little deed, the smallest good deed, they were eager and enthusiastic for it. And here Nabi Salaam is saying to them, can I show you something greater, bi afdala, min darajati salati was siyami was sadaqa. Qalu bala ya Rasulullah. Immediately said, please, do tell us. Nabi Salaam says, islahu dhatil bain. To make peace between two people. To make peace between two people, this is greater than all these three things combined. Because this dissension, this is something that shaves. Shaves what? It shaves off a person's deen. This is an example, a parable that is being given because something that shaves, any person has that picture in his mind that when something is being shaved, it actually takes out the root. So the Nabi Islam is giving this example of shaving something that dissension, disputes, quarrels, these things shave off. Shave off what? The deen of a person. Because these things lead to ghibad, they lead to slander, they lead to vulgarity, they lead to taking people's izzat and honor. They, sometimes a person was rightful also. He was the right party. He was being oppressed. But when the dispute starts and starts gaining momentum and starts growing, then the right person and the wrong person and everybody gets caught up in so many wrongs. Illa mashallah. Except that person who can really maintain his boundary. Otherwise the party that was on right, the party who was on the wrong is on the wrong already from step one. But as this thing starts coming on the boil, Allah forbid how many times it happens that the person who was right becomes sometimes a bigger oppressor also. Because now he says, well, I'm not going to take this lying down. So now he doesn't take it lying down. He starts jumping beyond his limits. So this is the reason why there's such a great virtue for creating this peace. Now a person who has this in front of him, that he wants to make every effort to create peace. So for him, it becomes very easy to forego rights. Again, this is not the demand of Shariat that he has to forego his right. But this is the encouragement of Shariat. This is the mizaj of Shariat. That a person who has that courage and he's ready to forego some right, this is something he'll see the reward of in the Akhirat. And Allah Ta'ala rewards even in dunya. This is something that the Akhirat is guaranteed. A person has done it for Allah Ta'ala, he's done it with sincerity then the reward of the akhirat is guaranteed. But it is not only something confined to akhirat. 
the barakat and the blessings of that come in this very world. Those sacrifices a person makes, those sacrifices, the barakat comes in this world. It becomes a means of his accept, the acceptance of his du'as. The hadith that we discussed last night of the three people that were in the cave. So they made a sacrifice. Each one made a sacrifice. Whatever nature of the sacrifice was, the effect of that was the acceptance of their, of their du'a. Outwardly, that person who now, his employee was disgruntled, upset for whatever, he didn't have the obligation, he wasn't obliged to now take that money of that employee and invest it and look after all those animals and tend to them. It was not something necessary upon him. But he took this upon himself and he made that sacrifice. That sacrifice showed its effects in which way his dua got accepted at a critical moment. It was a life and death situation that brought immediate results, that brought the effect in his dua. So these sacrifices outwardly seem like a person lost out. A person never loses out if he's doing it for Allah Ta'ala. If he's doing it for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, there's never a loss. Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib another incident of his which has been mentioned is that when he had initially started the work of the Darulum, so it was initially in one very small place and as the work grew that place became very small so it was a rented place or whatever so then one land was acquired in the heart of Karachi and it was a for that time it was a very big piece of land so all the necessary work was done meaning in securing the land eventually one room was built like a kind of site office or something but where some work was started already a connection, telephone connection was already put in there. So all these things had already happened and now they managed to get things in place so they decided to now start off with the project to build the madrasa, the Darulum. So there was a foundation laying jalsa that was arranged and because this was now a very big occasion, meaning to get the barakat occasion in the sense that this fort of deen is going to be now built so to get the barakat of all the akabir and seniors, all of them were invited to come and be part of this occasion so that their du'as are also included in it. So many of the great personalities were invited even from foreign countries, from India and other places. So in time now everybody came, the date of the jalsa was fixed. It was days away now. Can you imagine all the arrangements that had gone into this? Now it is days away a week away or something. And some people came and started making a dispute over this land, that this land was wrongly acquired, this belongs to somebody else. So Mufti Shafi Sahib first tried to diffuse this by explaining the details, but often it happens that when somebody is bent on something wrong, then what the facts are, what the realities are, doesn't really matter to anybody. And there are ways and means people use to try and distort the reality, to try and distort the facts and confuse people. So this is what started. And some very, one or two senior people also were somehow given the wrong information and they somehow got into this. They thought that yes, indeed, this is a situation. So they said, well, this is wrong then. So when this dispute started gaining momentum and 
it became clear that this is going to escalate. It's not going to come right now. So Mufti Shafi after whatever effort could have been made to defuse it, didn't happen. He finally, suddenly, now can we imagine the situation? These foreign guests have already arrived, some of them. And this Jalsa date is set. And all the work that has gone into it beforehand, he suddenly announced, I am relinquishing this right of mine. Now there were others in the committee as well. So they became very upset. How can you ever make such a decision? This is something we have secured in the proper way with all the necessary work being done. So he said, I am not compelling anybody to give up the right. You are entitled. You as the committee members may go ahead. You are fully entitled to this. I know about it and I endorse that right also. But I won't have any part of this. I do not see any barakat in an institution that comes up on the foundation of a dispute. And eventually, when he expressed himself, then everybody finally, happily or unwillingly, but they concurred, and the decision was made to give this up. And it was given up at that 11th hour. But shortly thereafter, a year or two had passed, Allah Ta'ala blessed him with a land many times the size of this, which today, where the current Darulun Karachi is existing, is like a town on itself. That to go from one point to the other, you drive through. So this is the, that in this dunya also, Allah Ta'ala returns it. Allah Ta'ala gives it in a better way. And it's not necessary that it will come in the same form. Sometimes a person will give up a monetary right, Allah Ta'ala will give him the return of that, in the manner of the deen of his children. Allah Ta'ala will accept them for deen. Sometimes he'll give up some other material right and Allah Ta'ala will bless him with barakat in his life. That his life will become a life of peace and happiness. It might not necessarily always come in material form. And material is material after all that is going to become dust someday. What is going to be everlasting is the real return. And Allah Ta'ala returns it with those things which are everlasting. So this is the lesson that is being given here, that the true servants of Rahman, this is their way. This is how they conduct themselves. They keep themselves, they steer away from disputes, from quarrels. If there is something that they have to pursue, they do it in a dignified way. But the true quality and salient quality of theirs is that they steer away from all these things. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq.